Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And we are back with Mitch Horwitz. Mitch is a writer in residence at his New York Public Library, lecturer in residence at the University of Philosophical Research in L.A., and the Penn Award-winning author of a number of books. Mitch has written on everything from war on witches to the secret life of Ronald Reagan for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, and so many others. He's a regular contributing guest here on Coast to Coast with his latest work, The Secret History of America. Mitch, welcome back. Thank you so much, George. Great to be here. I'm in St. Louis, but I understand you're going to be in L.A. coming up this week. Oh, yes, sir. I'll be there Friday and Saturday. I'm giving a couple of lectures at Manly P. Hall's campus in Griffith Park, and I'm very excited to be there. Love the City of Angels. Speaking of Manly P. Hall, here's a guy who was born in Canada, uh, died in Los Angeles in 1990, but uh, he was an author, lecturer, astrologer. He was a mystic, but he affected you a lot, didn't he? Tremendously. The path I'm on today is thanks to Manly P. Hall. I never met him because, uh, as you said, he died in 1990, and I wasn't on my path at that time. But Manly was the first person who gave me the idea that you could study the occult, the esoteric, as a real scholar, as a real historian. And everything that I'm doing today, I I really owe to him. Was he uh, an occultist or anything like that? He really was, George. You know, he was very interested in tarot ancient uh, Egyptian philosophy, astrology, as you mentioned, and the esoteric dimensions of our own history in America. You know, there was no question that Manley wasn't willing to pursue, and he pursued it with great vigor. He was a very strange guy in that he thought America was part of a secret plan, didn't he? Yes, yes he did. That, that, that was really central to his ideals, and, and that's a centerpiece of the secret history of America. Manley believed that ancient philosophers dating back to the Pharaonic Age in Egypt uh, up through the Freemasons and the Rosicrucians and other secret societies had preserved the ideal of founding a kind of society that protected the individual search for meaning, a society that encouraged individuals to uh, look in all places without any limits, without any walls, without any doctrines. And he felt that the founding fathers, many of whom were Freemasons themselves, had founded that uh, ideal society, at least in its embryonic form, in America. And that was Manley's analysis of America's secret destiny. Was he a respected person, Mitch, during his time? He was unknown in many ways, George. You know, he, he wasn't recognized in academia, although he did privately inspire many academics. He wasn't well-known within politics, although there was a very famous president we'll talk about, who was close friends with Manley. Not too and long ago, either. Well known in the mainstream. And you know, I keep thinking when I hear the name Aleister Crowley, I keep thinking of someone like uh, Manley P. Hall. But those were two different distinctive people in terms of what they did, right? Very different. You know, Manley didn't really approve of Aleister Crowley because I think he considered Crowley a kind of destructive figure, and he was very wary of the fact that many people around Crowley had met with difficult ends. And for Manley, the search had to be ethical first and foremost. His his values were really the values of Ralph Waldo Emerson in essays like self-reliance and, and, and the oversoul. You know, he believed that there was a transcendent purpose to life, but that that purpose had to involve uh, treating others well. In a sense, Manley's whole career was based on an esoteric reading of the Golden Rule. So we understand you're going to break an exclusive on the program tonight about Manley P. Hall and his involvement and relationship with the president. That's right. Uh, I read about this in the introduction to Secret History of America. It's an absolute fact uh, 
that Manley and Ronald Reagan were good friends and that Reagan met with him several times when he was governor of California. And I first began to get on this scent trail back in 2010 when I realized that there were certain ideas and actual phrases showing up in Reagan's speeches that were clipped and pasted directly from Manley P. Hall's ideas. And I did some interviews with some of the folks who were still around, and I, I named them in the introduction, and they absolutely confirmed to me that uh, Reagan, when he was governor of California, met several times with Manley P. Hall. And uh, some of Manley's ideas are echoed in Reagan's speeches from the earliest days of his political career back in the 1950s up through his presidency. Nancy Reagan was big into astrology as well. Do you think she knew him too? Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it. Uh, it's, it's widely known that Nancy was into astrology, and she used astrology to set uh, her husband's appointment calendar to determine who he would meet with and when. And uh, Reagan uh, actually spoke glowingly in private of Manly P. Hall, given how close he was to his wife and how much he shared with her. There's no question that he would have disclosed uh, this connection to his wife. What did Manley think about America and what the uh, whole plan was, the mission? He, he believed, Manley believed that America was a kind of holy grail among nations and that the true inner purpose of America from its earliest days was to spread ideals of liberty, self-governance, democracy, and above all, a protection of the individual search for meaning. And that really resonated with Reagan who actually not only repeated many of these themes in his speeches, but repeated them in Manley's own language, including the uh, centenary celebration of the Statue of Liberty, where Reagan told stories and uh, spoke in front of television cameras, uh, echoing ideas that had appeared in Manley's own books. Well, and it seems that Manley echoes the work of our forefathers who you know, established this country, put together the Declaration of Independence, uh, it sounds like he was really echoing what they were doing. Yes. Manley was very aware that many of the founders, including George Washington, Ben Franklin, Paul, uh, Paul Revere, John Hancock, and many of the signers and framers of the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, were Freemasons. And this is not accidental. It's not fantasy. Manley believed that Freemasonry, among other secret societies, including the Rosicrucians, had embodied certain primeval, ancient, esoteric ideals, uh, particularly involving the right of the individual to embark on his or her own spiritual search. And he believed, and he argued very persuasively, that uh, Freemasonry played a vital, vital role in that regard in the founding of our country. Would you consider him a good person or an evil person? Oh, I would definitely consider him a good person. You know, Manley was absolutely adamant that the mystical search, the occult search, had to be conducted along the lines of a really solid ethical base and ethical foundation. And he encouraged people again and again who were studying the occult or studying esoteric philosophies that they had to have some ancient ethical teaching at their back so they wouldn't get lost, whether it was the Bhagavad Gita or the Tao Te Ching or the sayings of Buddha or the Beatitudes. But Manley was absolutely adamant that without ethics, um, the spiritual search would just lead you into a dark corner. He wrote about George Washington's vision at the Valley Forge. Wasn't that where he had some kind of angelic situation, George Washington exactly did? Right. Uh, Manley wrote that one of Washington's contemporaries at Valley Forge 
reported that Washington told him that he had some kind of angelic visitation, and this visitation foresaw uh, the victory of colonial forces over the British Empire foresaw the Civil War and America's successful emergence from the Civil War, foresaw World War One and World War Two, and assured Washington that the nation would survive all these crises. And was there a World War Three involved here at all? Not a World War Three, but <clears throat> the angelic vision that Washington received did show periods of deep unrest, mm -hmm. um, fissure, uh, argument, and uh, things that would set uh, citizen against citizen in American history. And one could even surmise that we're living through such a period right now. But this visitation also assured Washington that each time uh, the nation would emerge from it successfully. Was, was Manley the type of person to really look into the future? I mean, he was an astrologer, but did yeah. he, was he into prophecy at all? Oh, he definitely was into prophecy. He wrote with veneration about the prophecies of Nostradamus. He believed very strongly that precognition was a very real and very concrete possibility. And Manley believed in a philosophy that basically outlined the idea that linear time is an illusion and that everything that we experience is part of a infinite continuum of time. Everything is going on at once and that highly sensitive individuals could glean events that might seem like they're from the future, but they're just uh, basically things that are in superposition, that are in infinite position right now, that are sort of going on at once, and that the rest of us will eventually come to experience. In the 1600s, some monks settled in on uh, Philadelphia. Manley right. writes about that. Tell me the significance of that. He writes about that. It's one of the least known and most important events in our history. In 1694, uh, a group of mystical monks from Central Europe who were experiencing religious persecution traveled across the Atlantic. They were led by a young man named Johannes Kelpius, and they settled on the banks of the Wissahickon Creek in Philadelphia. And I visited this area, and it's a possibility that some of the structures they created still exist there. And they were so significant because they were the first kind of free-flowing religious commune in American life, and they solidified the idea that religious experimentation was possible in America. This was 100 years before the framing of the Constitution, and word trickled back across the Atlantic to Europe, and lots of people who were religious radicals, heretics, people experiencing persecution, started to come to America. And it began with this little cluster of mystical monks who lived on the banks of the Wissahickon. It's amazing. How did he Absolutely. how did he uncover these stories? You know, Manley read very very deeply into esoteric history and occult lore, and there were things that he wrote about actually that have been validated by time. You know, Manley's description of the Oracle of Delphi, for example, in ancient Greece, at one time was considered fanciful. This notion that a a female oracle was seated on a tripod and imbibing fumes and foretelling the future. And Manley wrote about this very earnestly, and most archaeologists consider it to just be fantasy. But archaeological findings shortly after Manley's death actually bore out the legitimacy of what he described. So some of the things that Manley described that were considered fanciful have actually been validated by time. Mitch, tell us about the medium... Uh... Andrew Jackson Davis that Manley writes about so much. 
Oh, yeah, this is one of my favorite parts of the book. Andrew Jackson Davis was a young man who lived in the town of Poughkeepsie, New York, up in the Hudson Valley in the mid-19th century. And Davis reported going into trance states and coming out with all kinds of visions of other worlds and other dimensions. And in the year 1854, Andrew Jackson Davis was the first person who came up with the term and concept of the law of attraction. That's where this idea Mm. comes from, which is so popular today, and it appeared in Davis's writings based on his trance meditations, and he published this in 1854. So anybody who uses the term law of attraction owes a great debt to Andrew Jackson Davis because he was a spirit medium living in upstate New York, grew up on a farm, and through his trance meditations he came up with the idea of there being a law of attraction. And Manley writes about him in in really venerated terms in Secret History of America. Would you say Manley might have been one of the first writers and authors to deal with this subject matter? Well, he was certainly one of the most influential. You know, Manley, when he began his writing career in the 1920s, he felt that occult philosophy, esoteric philosophy, was being forgotten about. Materialism was all the rage, and the idea was that seances and prophecies and the writings of Nostradamus and these other things all belonged to an irrelevant past. But Manley, who was so serious and so scholarly, said, wait a minute, we have to take a second look at this material. And he returned the attention of modern people to these ancient ideas, and there's no telling how many of us he's influenced. What would he be saying today, Mitch, about the state of America? There's no question in my mind that Manley would be saying that in terms of the state of America today, we need to behave with greater civic ideals toward one another. Manley would have been absolutely aghast at the tone of sarcasm and invective that uh, runs rife today. Left-right would would have driven him crazy, I bet. Oh, you know, he just... He felt that we owed it to one another, and it was the first fundamental of the spiritual search uh, to uh, treat thy neighbor with some degree of decency. And he would have been very, very troubled by the, the tone of cynicism and hostility that appears online today. It's the worst I've ever seen. It's, it, it's nothing like I've ever seen. You know, it's funny. Every generation thinks they live on some sort of a precipice. Every generation thinks that things are worse than they've ever been. But our generation is seeing a degree of invective, particularly online, that I've never seen before. And we've got to get beyond it. We've got to get beyond it. And I think his writings can help us do that. Well, one of the, th- one of the problems, Mitch, I think, with some of these online things, these haters, as I would call them, is because yeah. they are anonymous. Yes. They just say these horrid things. I mean, these, these people could be business people, yep. mothers, fathers, raising families, having kids. But you put them behind a computer anonymously, they become evil. Absolutely. There, there's a real problem with anonymity online today. You know, it often occurs to me that human nature has not changed. Human nature is constant. But what online culture has done is it's disinhibited us and it's brought out the absolute worst traits in human nature. And look, it says in Scripture that everyone has a right to know who's bearing witness against them. And I really feel very strongly that if you make a comment online, you should use your real name and you should never say anything that you wouldn't be able to say to a person's face. This this anonymity online has brought out the worst traits of human nature. Yeah, no, it really has. And it's festered. It's gotten worse. Uh, and it continues to, I think, grow and grow and grow. Absolutely. And 
And I often challenge people that if they want to make a concrete improvement to their lives, listen, every, every, every one of your listeners can attempt this experiment. Desist from it for 24 hours. Spend 24 hours refusing to participate in or listen to gossip or cynicism or hostility. doesn't mean you have to unplug, but you just don't engage in any of that stuff. And if you can do that for 24 hours, you will stand more fully erect. You will feel better about yourself. You'll have better self-respect. It's not only doing a favor for the other person. It's doing a favor for yourself. There's a magical property in desisting from gossip and hate speech, and it will help you feel better about yourself. You'll be a more effective person. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.